You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. Go, bruh. It's Dan. <laughs> Corny Dan. Uh, and it's Del Torre. Well, I missed some go, bruh stuff. Like, Dan's been really at the go, bruh. Um, what did I miss out? That's about uh, it. That's it. Just Dan Mullen being the first person ever from the state of New Hampshire to say, bruh. No. 32 minutes and 55 seconds worth of a press conference. And that's about the one quote that we got. Listen, that's a good quote. That's, that's, that's a great that's, quote. That's, that's a good press conference right there. It sounds like I didn't miss anything. <laughs> I haven't tuned into one of those things since like last year. LSU was my last one. I was like, yeah, I'm cool. Ah, oh, well, the Missouri one was good. That's a uh, Darth Dan. <laughs> that was hilarious. Darth yeah, Dan was funny. I don't know why people got so bad in shape about that. That was, I mean, it was Halloween. It was literally October 31st. It was Halloween. I think it's because people get bent out of shape over anything, you know? That's true. How was your boys' weekend? Uh, beautiful, man. Just chill. A whole lot of re- relaxation, man. Went to the cush house, got some business done. Um, actually met like a a, a, a producer, man. Dead Prez is producer. Mm. Tahir. Uh, he produced that song. It's bigger than hip hop. It's bigger than hip so um met him over the weekend. Gonna shoot some content with him in the future. Just talked a whole lot of hip hop. I thought that was dope. Uh, that's it, man. It's been chilling. Getting ready for the football season. Rest it up. How you how you was, uh Nick? What you got going on? Um I went to Spurriers, which uh I guess we're gonna use as a tax write-off because we wrote a story about that. So um tax write-off. Yeah, it's a work expense in my in my book, right? I went to I went to dinner for work and wrote a story about it. There's content, tell, so. tell us about it. Um Really cool spot. Um, you can tell that Spurrier is like a hoarder. He's got everything. Um, there's uh, watches from bowl games from 1990 that he's got up on the wall. And um, if you're a Gator fan, the memorabilia in there, um, you know, there's stuff that it's the only place in the in the world you're gonna be able to see that kind of stuff. Um, the food was incredible. Silk, I know you're not eating yeah. red meat, but they promised that the fish, if it hits your plate, it was caught within 48 hours, never frozen. Nice. Some of the fish was caught that morning. Um, mm. The mahi was delicious. Redfish was great. I had a short rib. That was awesome. Um, it's we pricey. get no invite? Me and Danny get no invite? It's we taste makers. <laughs> well, they got a little podcast we room. They got a little podcast room, which I think we should do a live show from. Absolutely. Uh, we may, we may already be in conversation about that, Nicholas. So uh, it, it's definitely pricey. I think me and the girlfriend, our dinner was like one forty pre tip. Mm. There were some, there were some drinks. That's a life sure. for you. There were some drinks. Um, yeah, and then we Nick's back. normally at an Embers uh, on a, on a Friday or Saturday night. So yeah, they um, the drink menu is good. I, I wish they had a little more whiskey, a little more bourbon. Um, but how's uh, the wine list look, Nick? Uh, could be bigger. Mm. Could be bigger. It's not. It's not at Embers yet. Embers level yet. But uh, um, I didn't drink wine. I went with some of their. They've got uh, like their signature drinks. So I was trying. I'm working my way through the menu of their signature drinks. I can see uh, you doing that. Yeah, it'll it'll take a couple more trips, I think. <laughs> what did you order? Uh, awesome Blossom or some shit? What you got? An appetizer or you got a steak? 
No, I got a, steak? I got a, no, it was a short rib uh, with a mushroom risotto. Delicious. Mm. Portion mm, that was sounds, little, that sounds good. Portion was a little small, but I love mushrooms. The risotto was really good. Um, the steaks, the steaks are pricey, a little pricier than embers, but uh, I think I'm going back September 3rd, um, the day before the opener. And uh, I think that'll be my steak day. Hmm. Very good. I've seen somewhere they had like plays on the wall. Was that the restroom? That's the restroom. And so that's like literally they just asked Spurrier to do it. And that's just stuff that he could remember. So wow. that's crazy to me. He's 76 years old. And they're just like, hey, we want you to throw some ball plays on the on, on the wall. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Got it. And then, what, and then you have what famous uh, Steve Spurrier quotes on the uh, the coasters or? Yeah, there's uh, so you can't spell citrus without UT is on a coaster. The one that I had was uh, whoever says defense wins championships hasn't watched us play. Um, there's just a lot of cool stuff, and, and they haven't even opened up visors, which would be the rooftop bar yet. Oh wow! Um, oh, that's just brilliant marketing and branding to call it visors. Yeah, yeah. So it's a really cool spot. It's gonna be pricey, and um, I don't want to harp on bad service right now because I think everyone in the service industry is having mm-hmm. trouble staffing and then the people that are there are you know either yeah still training or or you know they're, they're short staff at the time the service was slow and it was only the second day they were open so give them a pass on that but you know if i'm going in october and the service is still bad then then i got issues did you put any coasters in the wife's purse <laughs> no 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 i didn't i didn't take any home with me nice hmm. souvenir man and it's, <laughs> and it's where it's in that new area right yeah it's like in celebration over. point yeah. It's in Celebration Points right next to the AMC Theater. And it's across from Prime and Pearl, which is another, um, which is another like high-end steakhouse. Um, oh, and then Spurrier showed up mid, like at the beginning of our dinner. He showed up and he nice. gets on the microphone. He said he was wearing his Georgia red shirt as a reminder that we got to beat them damn dogs. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, still, Spurrier still got it. Give him a microphone. He'll hold court. All righty. Man. How was your weekend, Dan? It was good. I was Glad relaxing. I ain't got to follow up, Nick. No, no, it was rela- <laughs> it was relaxing. I've got a, a couple big, a uh, couple big months ahead of me, so uh, getting the body and the mind uh, right. Um, yesterday, I did a whole. Lot. You dug yourself a big hole. Did a whole lot of nothing yesterday. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So detox and the, the body and the mind and the soul are ready to get back at it in a few weeks. But uh, no, it was just it was relaxing. Watched some. Um, Watch some football. Uh, went to brunch. Had a big, nice brunch at a place called Meat Market here in Tampa on uh, on Saturday, and then um, just watch some football. Other than that, it's kind of relaxing. Uh, went to a place called Hatricks, uh, but yeah, watched watched Tim Tebow play. Uh, watched Kyle Trask play. Uh, I watched was, you defend Tebow's uh, pick. That was fun. You did yeah. Uh, we can, we can talk more about it uh, later. I know that this is like something that. That goes that went viral, you know, Tim Tebow's thing. And you know, this is this is my take on when you watch one play is that unless you know what the play is or what that person's responsibility is, it's tough to say that that person failed at their job. And uh, the one thing that you're talking about, Silk, is when I uh, mentioned something to Coleman, former fullback uh, at Florida State, said he said. He put up the video of, of Tim Tebow missing or, or hitting his block, deflecting, picking, whatever, whatever you want to call it. He and said he a said, nice screen. Yeah. And he said, now we need to put respect on fullback and H-back names as if 
that it's an unrespected position, which I don't think that it is, but I don't think that using one clip of one player doing something right. that you had no idea what his responsibility was is to say, Hey, this guy's an abject failure and you need to respect this position. So um, got into a little bit of a, a, a tizzy uh, with former FSU uh, fullback, but uh, yeah, got to defend, defend my boy. In my opinion, right. Um, Tebow did his job. Mm-hmm. You know, like he sealed off his guy. He set a pick. Uh, and, and another opinion, who in the hell is sitting around like judging Tim Tebow's tight end blocks? Like real football takes. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. He and got a gripe, a real life gripe. You're mad that Tim Tebow <laughs> set a screen in a football game. Right. In the like the the late third quarter. Right. A tight end, you know, a guy that's playing a position you know, trying to earn his spot. He made a play that, again, you don't know what his responsibility was. And as far as I'm concerned, the play went forward for positive yards. There was a hole. The guy he looked you know, a little crazy doing it. Yeah, yeah. He, was <laughs> he definitely looked like a former quarterback, you yeah, know, diving, sure. diving at the uh, the waist of a defensive lineman. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think that it was funny to draw these massive conclusions about how hard this position is to play or not play or really create any sort of take off of one play that your fourth string tight end played in the first preseason game uh, in a new position for him. It was just – it was a wild take. And, you know, I had you know, one or two your, years in me. I'm not taking your Tebow take serious, man. If you, if you got time to be taking Tebow takes out, like it's not a real football conversation. I'm going to keep laughing at you, man, because it's not that deep. It's Tim Tebow, bro. Right. Well, and I, I think that that's what Chilling. it was. Right. Like yeah. he, he, <laughs> my my commentary was very much he put it up like Tim Tebow's not doing his job. My response was, you don't know what his job was. Also, you're not playing in the game. So he is you're not. Right. And then he was like, I don't think Tim Tebow's a bad guy. I'm not attacking him, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, you're taking this like very holier than thou commentary. What you're doing, you posted a video trying to make fun of Tim Tebow because you don't think that he made the right play. You're trying to get your likes and retweets. Then when somebody calls you out on you trying to get your likes and retweets, you're like, whoa, easy, bro. That's not what I was doing. I was just trying to show a play. I didn't know it would go viral. It's like, okay, anything you post about Tim Tebow is going to go viral. It's just the nature of Tim Tebow, right? Right. And then I turn on like, like you turn on ESPN or FS1, they're talking about Tim Tebow's blog. I'm like, what is wrong with people? <laughs> like, why Tim, is Tim this Tebow, like a T- real Tim thing? Gets ratings. Tim no, gets it's ratings. nonsense, man. Like, that, the thing is that everything they don't like about him, they, they harp on. Like, Tim's not asking you to like rate his his block for the next hour or so and have takes on or to have it on FS1 the next morning. That's media. And they hate Tim Tebow because media like him. Like, I don't know. Anywho, shout out to that block. It's a nice screen. Got the job done. Yeah. yeah I so. mean, it's not it's not gonna be uh on an instructional blocking video. <laughs> For sure. But, but but it was a it was a road bump that, that allowed the play to develop. Yeah, I mean, everybody, I think every, every player in every position has probably made a, a play that if you were to overanalyze just one particular play. If it's play, anybody else, nobody yeah, cares. You'd probably find something wrong with it. Right? Exactly. You know? Um, but Long story short, Tim Tebow NFL debut as a as a tight end. So we can talk a little bit more about that. Uh, Silk, why don't you go ahead uh, shout out our new title sponsor here, uh, and then let's get into a bunch of Gator news, scrimmages, and Dan Mullen uh, press conference. Shout out to the title sponsor, the great folks at Brown Insurance and Financial Services. 
Be sure to visit bruntinsurance.com for all your insurance needs, whether it's home, auto, boat, motorcycle, life insurance, any financial services you may need, visit bruntinsurance.com or call 954-589-2204. Big coverage, big policies. Greg, what it do? Baby. All right. So uh, let's get through some news and then we'll we'll dive into uh, the scrimmage and into uh, Dan Mullen's press conference. The AP poll preseason poll came out. The Gator is at number 13. We can dissect that list, but for all intents and purposes, that's about where we thought the Gators would be, right? Nick, you're muted. Coach, is 15? Uh, I think either, yeah, I think 15 or 14. Yeah. That's kind of what we thought. I mean, so Silk didn't think that we went through like 25 down to one and Silk, I think had Florida at like eight, seven. seven. Yeah. So yeah. Seven to nine or I seven to eight. Kind of, yeah. I think that's kind of right where they are. Um, no, I'm sorry. Florida is 11th inches bowl. 11. Okay. Um, I think, I think the only thing that stood out to me really was LSU being below Florida because they were ahead of Florida in the coaches, and I think that was like a big difference between the two polls. Um, mm-hmm. But everyone's 0-0. Everyone's 0-0. This is all off of what did you do last year, who's coming back, and projections. Yeah, I agree. I'm not mad where we're at, man. Uh, plenty of opportunity. It's going to be a lot of L. Yeah, I would – Yeah, you've got a you've got a lot of matchups uh, that could potentially, uh, you know, Clemson, Georgia. They play. You've got a couple of other bigger games uh, to start the year. I think that Florida uh, is going to start the season two and zero uh, going into Alabama, and I think that they'll be top ten. Uh, and then we've got two uh, top ten. Uh, we got a top ten matchup. And then the conspiracy theorist in me, you know, put my tinfoil hat on. A lot of these, when you because now you're getting big, you know, week zero or week one matches. Hey, let's just make the biggest game we can in the preseason. If the preseason polls are, are whatever, they don't mean that much. Hey, if we can get Georgia at five and they play Clemson week one, now you got a three versus five matchup, even if maybe you don't think a Georgia is a top five team to start the year. Um, or maybe Florida, maybe the AP thought Florida wasn't a top 15 team, but they put them at 13 because like Dan said, hey, you win your first two games. Now we've got number one versus number nine or number one versus number 10 in week three. So I mm-hmm. think – conspiracy theorist in me is that uh you might be getting some some ratings boosts for 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 tv take my tinfoil i mean I, off. I mean isn't that that i don't even think that that's tinfoil i think that that's understood that in sports you know these preseason rankings aren't really based on anything especially in college sports right you're yeah. usually returning a very different team than the year before. You don't know much about uh, the team that you're, you're facing uh, or you're, you're putting on the field. Uh, There's a lot of question marks at a lot of different schools. I think that this is the first year that there's a lot of confusion on who the best team in the country is going to be, right? You have some ideas, you know, Alabama should be good. Georgia has a pretty pretty good team. Um, Clemson usually, you know, is going to create a really good team. But outside of that, they all have big question marks as well. So I think that this is the first year where you're going into the season saying, I'm not exactly sure who the number one team in the country is. I think I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I think that team will be in Gainesville week three. I think that's the number one team in the country. For sure. Right. But even if they're the number one team in the country, there's still a lot of questions. I mean, you got a question at quarterback, but I think their defense could, will be better than they were last year. Like, I think you've got 
yeah sure good as a unit but i think they've got some like dogs on that on that side and 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 maybe bryce is that guy maybe he's you know the next one the next national champion quarterback you know at alabama but also maybe he isn't right and you're also replacing you know Devontae smith jalen waddle a lot of they're always replacing all those guys they always have the same questions but they always answer them and I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not the number one team in the country, but I would say that this is the first year that all of your top teams in the country have question marks at really important positions. Yeah, I feel like they've made, they have a solid history of, of answering questions early. <laughs> early. Well, they're about to answer it real early this year. I feel Miami. like this is a weird, a weird hill for it's Dan to die on to be like, Alabama ain't that good. Nobody, this, this, this might no, be the no. only – You're alone whoa, on that hill. whoa, whoa. Nick, you're <laughs> the one with bad takes on this show. You're alone um, on that hill. Nobody's saying that Alabama won't be good. Nobody's saying Alabama's not the number one team in the country. What I'm saying is that there's questions about who the top teams are in the country at important positions. Not saying that they won't prove that Bryce Young is the best quarterback ever in Alabama history. I'm just saying that there's a question mark about who he is. Same with DJ Ukulele at Clemson. Same with JT Daniels at you know Georgia. Same in a lot of places. There are a lot of question marks. Okay. Not very good. Speaking of question marks, uh, former Gainesville Sun uh, writer uh, Pat Dooley had Pat, what to do, baby? Had some had the fan base in a bit of a tizzy, uh, saying that tailgating would be canceled for Game One. Scott Strickland immediately shot that down, saying that Pat needs some new sources, basically. Uh, so it does look like there's going to be uh, tailgating and it does look like there's going to be uh, a full stadium open on September the 3rd. That, that, that was, that smoke was like, like, like floating around like all weekend. Right. Uh, Pat was just the only one that bid on it. <laughs> I think so. Well, I, you had, I think Tulane is requiring anyone to come to the, uh, that comes to the games to be vaccinated, fully vaccinated. I think, New Orleans, the Saints were doing it too. Um, I've been mm. told the Jags are thinking about it, kicking that idea around. Um, so then you start thinking, all right, well, if the COVID numbers keep going up, like what's going to happen? And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if, you know, things don't get under control, um, if there was something done. But yeah, like you're getting closer, closer and closer to the season. Like they definitely had those conversations, you know, uh, when you're in that position whether you're Greg Sankey or, or an athletic director, you've got to have those um, conversations that at least have a backup plan, but we're under three weeks to, to kick off. So I think, you know, it, it would, the, the less time you have to execute that, um, you know, I, I think it's probably more and more likely that we'll have full stadiums and, and tailgate and getting back to normal. Right. We got some of this discussion in our buy and sell segment. So uh, we will talk a little bit about that. Uh, and finally, before we dive in, uh, big shout out to Harrison Tenzer and Connor uh, Clark, who interviewed new Gators defensive back Elijah Blades uh, on Saturday. Put that on YouTube. I'll put that on our podcast channel as well. So make sure that you check that out. Uh, what'd you guys think? I thought it was dope. Um, good work from the guys, man. I think Harrison being on campus is going to be a, a nice little segment. Him and Connor going one and two, like the JV Stadium Miguel squad. And we, we'll be out here a little bit. Um, let's flood the timeline. Let's change some things. Let's, you know what I'm saying? Shake some shit up. I think we got a nice team. We want to expand some more, but I thought it was dope. <laughs> you just put them on JV. 
Well, it yeah. just started. They just transferred <laughs> to the school. You know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta move, you gotta move up. You know, yeah, maybe bro. there'll be a stadium in Gale Park too. Who knows? You know, but uh, but definitely check out that interview with Elijah Blades. Elijah Blades did practice with the team on Friday, so there was some conversation about when he would join the team. Uh, some talks that he would join today, which is Monday, but he actually uh, did practice on Friday. Um, so welcome to Gator Nation, Elijah Blades. All right, boys. And, uh, let's. And on that ahead. note, Tyreek Sapp on campus too. Tyreek nice. Sapp. Yep. Tyreek Sapp enrolled and on campus as of Friday as well. Uh, so that completes every single person, I believe, from the Florida Gators recruiting class uh, made it onto campus, which is, I believe, the first time under Dan Mullen, I could be wrong, uh, at the University of Florida. Uh, no, uh, no players that got. Um, you know, sent to JUCO or, or prep school or anything else. So uh, welcome to the University of Florida, Tyreek Sapp and Elijah Blades. All right, let's get into Dan Mullen's press conference. Uh, I spoke to the media today, uh, Monday. I uh, had some some interesting things to say. Uh, Nick, you were there before we run some clips. Uh, what was your overall feeling of, of the press conference? And um, It's not positive. He's not he's, – so he's never – I try you try to as you cover a coach for a while, like Jim McElwain, um, if somebody had a really good game after the game, he would be like hard on them. And if Luke Del Rio threw five interceptions, he'd be like, you know what, Luke did this well. You know, he he'd kind of pick you up and, and pick you up when he needs to be. Um, Dan's really tough on his quarterbacks. Um, even like last year when Kyle Trask threw, you know, five five touchdowns in a game, he was like, Yeah, I think he did okay, but he missed this. And we're like, what are you talking about? He just threw for 600 yards and five touchdowns. He had an awesome game. Um, but he doesn't – Dan hasn't really been super, super high on Emory. And then today he made some comments um, like, hey, I think he's going to make some extraordinary plays, obviously with, with the dynamic ability that he has. He's like – but he's almost like preparing – I got the sense that he's preparing you that like, hey, we're going to miss some stuff too. Um, it almost gave me like Felipe Frank's vibes where the way he would talk about Felipe and be like, listen, he has arm talent. He can move in the pocket and stuff like this. And, but you're going to get, you know, that missed read or you're going to get, you know, uh, you know, maybe an, an option didn't pull the ball out of the mesh point and, and, you know, make the wrong read there. So to me, it was kind of like, he said, Kyle, I think Kyle Trask operated at like 90% efficiency and you know, like Emory's maybe at 80. Um, what is that? qualify when you turn you know in terms of plays negative and positive plays during a game um and then he keeps bringing up anthony richardson and i don't think there's a quarterback controversy like emory jones is going to start um but he keeps bringing up anthony richardson you know without being asked about him specifically what do you think that's for um i think i, I think in one might just be because hey we're only asking about emory jones because we all assume that he's going to be the starter um and, and Dan's just like, hey, we, we got another guy here too. And they're similar in skill set. Like last year going into this season, Kyle Trask and, and Emery are two completely different guys. So you're not wondering like, all right, well, if Emery comes in, he's not going to run the same stuff that Kyle is. And you obviously wouldn't ask Kyle to, to run options or, or, or run the ball like Emery. But I think they're Anthony and Emery are so close in, in skill set. They're different runners, but they both have live arms. Um so to me, I'm not sure why he keeps bringing him up. I think it might just be simply enough that we're just only asking about one of the guys and he wants to talk about the other one as well. I think uh, that part of it – go ahead, so. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I, I think that part of it has to do with maybe the type of personality 
of Anthony Richardson or, or Emory Jones or, or any particular player. You know, Dan Mullen, you know, studied under Urban Meyer for a long time, who was a big psychology guy. Different players are motivated in different ways. And maybe he finds, you know, that Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson uh, react when they hear good things, maybe about the other player, maybe that he's right on his tail, or, you know, maybe Anthony Richardson is a guy that may get down on himself. So when he hears, I, I don't know that for a fact, right? I'm just, you know, conjecture here. Um, maybe Dan Mullen uses that as a certain motivational tactic or a certain psychological tactic, you know, to communicate to his players. Um, you know, so I think that there's there's probably more to it than just meets the eye. Yeah, that's what I was, I was about to say. I wouldn't read into, like, uh, Anthony Richardson's name being thrown out there as as anything more than what Dan's saying, like motivation, um, little psychology games being played. Um, I don't think it's a quarterback competition. I do, I do like that he's keeping them in the mix. Eighty um, percent don't sound bad. No, no, and also too, uh, Dan made the point today because he was asked specifically about how is he going through his progressions, and Mullen was like, "Well, I might not want him to go through his progression. Like, if number one mm-hmm. isn't there, Take and off. you see, and you see a running lane, go, bro." Like, like, go, don't look for the fifth wide receiver option. You know, don't dump it off to the running back for. Is that when he said go, bro? He said go, bro, like that. That's when he said go, bro. He was like, yeah, he was talking about Emery being like, listen, if you see a lane, go run, take off. You know, do you want three yards on, you know, a dump off to to the running back who the linebackers coming in um, to make the play there? Or, hey, I've got a hole and if I can make one linebacker miss, now I'm gone for 30. Yep. So it'll be different. Let's get into a couple Dan Mullen quotes. Here was the first one uh, when, when asked about Emory Jones. Uh, obviously, I think his timing with the guys have got better. His control and understanding of the offense, uh, his reads, I think, have gotten uh, much better of where he's going with the ball. Uh, you know, and then his, his ability to create and make plays is pretty special. So a lot of what we've talked about on this show about Emory Jones, uh, what is your, what are you most looking forward to about Emory Jones this season? So, uh, just being able to see Dan Mullen get back into his bag more than anything, being able to get into uh, what we know him to do, being able to uh, keep teams off balance, making them account for the, the, the quarterback, uh, us being able to play eleven on eleven. I think it can help the run game a little bit, um, and just a dual threat. Giving teams and defensive coordinators uh, uh, like a nightmare having to worry about legs as well. Uh, I think it just helps Dan's scheme a little better. So I'm just ready to see Dan Mullen football for the first time at University of Florida since the last time. Because I don't think we've really seen his brand of football yet. He also had this to say about Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson. I don't need Emory to ever be like Kyle. I need Emory to be like Emory. And my job is to let him do that. He also said that Anthony's doing an unbelievable job. He had a huge night last night. Uh, indicated that he had three uh, touchdown passes. So a big night for for Anthony Richardson. Are we getting into the scrimmage? Uh, not not yet. Let's just get let's get through this this press conference real quick. Uh, and then there was a, a question about slot receiver, a position that we've been uh, kind of pontificating about on this show, uh, wondering who might play that. So this is what he had to say about slot wide receiver. Then I want to get your takes on who you guys think you might see. More than last year when we kind of played them more on the outside singled up. Uh, you know, you have Jacob Copeland in the slot, Rick Wells in the slot. The running backs can go into the slot. Uh 
Trent Whittemore goes into the slot. So, you know, a lot of different type of deals creating the matchups where, you know, last year you're trying to get, you know, you had, you had some guys on the outside you're creating one-on-ones for. If they wanted to leave them one-on-one or they wanted to roll that, your slot was Kadarius Tony to create some mismatches that way. We're kind of moving a lot more different pieces around. All right. So let's get into some slot wide receiver talk. Uh, Din Mullen kind it of mentioned. sounds like, though – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Stuff. It just sounds like – there, it won't be a traditional slot. It's like a matchup thing more than like a slot position. Yeah. Like me doing quote air quotes. Um, I think I don't think it's gonna be like a traditional like we got a slot guy. I think it's more of a matchup thing, especially if he's talking about Tony or running backs being there. Not Tony, but Copeland or running back maybe being there. Um, I think more of like a matchup thing than actually slot position. Yeah, I think like like what you're saying is like when the depth chart comes out before week one, they'll have. You know, probably Jacob Copeland listed as number one, and Trent Whitmore there as two. Right, and that might not be what the first play is scripted as. You might have two running backs, you know, on either side of Emory in the shotgun, and then Malik Davis or a running back goes out and and gets into the slot. You might have a tight end motion out into the slot. Um, so I think when you when the depth charts released, you'll see Copeland and Whitmore. But then as the game's playing out, it depends on down and distance and defensive personnel to how you're going to attack that. Right. Yeah, I, I would – what I kind of gleaned from that was not just that, but I think that you have – you're going to have a lot of players mix and match into that position, and I think that, you know, you're going to have players play the X, Y, and Z receiver, you know, this year. I mean, outside of, you know, Justin Shorter and maybe a couple other guys, you don't have a lot of just true Xs and, and Ys. You're, you're big outside one-on-one type. X and Z. The wide receiver. So, you know, I, X and Z, sorry. Um you don't have those those two real outside receivers. Um, we don't. We should. No, no, I'm not, no I, what I, I was going to say is, is shorter. Well, yeah, but um, they're, they're still a little bit unproven, right? You still have you know some things that you want to see out of out of Henderson and out of shorter. You have guys that are going to play that and probably are going to align those positions a little bit more. But I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a lot more players fill into that slot role mm. compared to last year. Maybe you know what we've seen previously with you know just Kadarius Tony or just that one guy. I think that you're going to have you know probably six or seven different players play you know slot wide receiver this year. Yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, when you have a player like Tony, you're not going to get cute with it. Like, hey, we've got a guy that fits in right there. You know, we don't need to mix and match. You don't really have that guy or else I don't think they have that kind of guy yet. Um, but, like, put little, put baby Elksness out there. Put him yeah. in the slot. Let me watch a, a 5'11", 170-pound nickel try to, you know, play up on the line against against a guy like that. Well, and that's where I think that you can get creative, right? Mm-hmm. You can put anything from – two running backs onto the field, three tight ends onto the field. You can have three, what you would consider, you know, outside receivers on the field at any particular time. But I think that you're going to have a matchup issue there and it might even play, you know, well into Florida's scheming abilities, you know, compared to just having, you know, not to take anything away from Kadarius Tony, obviously first round draft pick, but you might have a lot more options this year that could create some real mismatches, you know, whether it be size, whether it be speed, whether it be, you know, bulk, whatever it might be. Right. Yeah, I like it. All right. And then finally, the quote that uh, uh, kind of got internet in a tizzy. Uh, Nick qu- quoted it. It's about offensive line recruiting. Um, and I think it's important to kind of watch Dan Mullen's body language when he says this. This is a question about offensive line recruiting. Yeah, it's going in. Yeah, it's going pretty good. 
pretty good. You know, we'll see the, uh, that, that's always one of the trickier ones because, you know, there's so much development that goes into that position, uh, you know, with different guys, but you know, we'll see. I think we get a, a veteran group and some experience. So hopefully it goes, it's been going pretty well this year. Now, Nick, you were there. You got to watch the audio and video. Pardon me. I did um, watch the audio. Sorry, you did. You did watch the video. Um, do nice. you think? Do you think that Dan Mullen actually believes that offensive line recruiting is going pretty well, or did you think he was kind of shrugging it off? And what are your thoughts? Well, here's the thing. So, uh, everyone on the message board and everyone on Twitter has been asking to ask this question. So shout out to Thomas Goldcamp for asking the right. question that fans wanted to ask, but we're, I'm not covering recruiting. So I get that fans want to ask, but I'm not covering recruiting. I'm 19 days from the season. So yeah, that question needs to be asked. Sure. But it's not what I'm going to be writing about specifically. Mm-hmm. And then what's Dan going to say in, in that moment in, right. in front of the mm-hmm. camera with a microphone in front of his face and be like, Hey, how's offensive offensive line recruiting going? He's not going to say John Hevesy stinks. We need to get rid of him. I don't know what I have, why I haven't done that yet. Like, what, what do you think Dan's going to say? That's exactly what he's going to say. Yeah, it's going fine. And then he's asked later about recruiting. He's like, well, I'm not asked for the evaluation when guys are getting stars. Like, he's not going to give the fans what they want in that. That's the exact answer I think I could have almost quoted him a month ago, you know, and it quoted him exactly and what it was going to be. Um, I, I don't think they, they, don't, they don't completely disregard you know, rivals rankings or, or how many stars a guy has. Obviously, if you have five stars, you've got it for a reason. But John John Hevesy's his guy. They've been together for, you know, damn near 20 years, something like that, over, over 12, 15 years. Um, and, and I think he he wouldn't have kept Hevesy around this long if he didn't think he could coach and, if he, and he couldn't recruit. So um, he's not going to be as honest if he doesn't, if he doesn't think it's doing well. He's not going to say it in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I didn't take too much away from it. I think that's just kind of what I expected his right. reaction to be. Ask that question in a setting where we're talking about his football team. Yeah, I think that I just kind of took the quote as pretty well that made it to the timeline to watching Dan Mullen's body language that, that I'm not exactly sure he thinks it is going pretty well. So uh, I will take what Nick said. He does, he can't read any of your responses, by the way. No, he definitely knows it's not going pretty well. Like, we don't right. have to guess on that. Right. Sometimes so, I just have to, like, I'm watching a press conference and I get a quote and I'm just like, I got to lob a grenade on the timeline. And then yeah. hit, mute, hit mute on the on that so I don't have to see the replies or all that. Um, but, yeah, I just lobbed a grenade today for sure. I knew what I was doing mm-hmm. that. You for sure did. He said uh, that he thinks Lorenzo Lingard is going to make an impact this year. I think he's worked his tail off. A lot of people have asked about Lorenzo Lingard's spot in a very crowded uh, running back room. Uh, he applauded Justin Shorter's work ethic and his ability um, or his offseason that he had. He thinks he's going to have a big uh, impact. And then finally, Brenton Cox uh, is still rehabbing uh, the foot. Uh, did not play in the scrimmage on uh, Sunday. Uh, but the uh, the discussion was, you know, even if he was healthy, Dan Mullen knows what he's getting out of Brenton Cox, so he might not have played anyway. Don't know if I believe that or not, but, you know, we do know what we're already getting out of Brenton Cox. So, Nick, any other comments from uh, Dan Mullen conference before we jump into the scrimmage? Yeah, shout out to the doctors who, uh, you know, amputated and then reattached Brenton Cox's foot, uh, according to that Georgia site that was talking about his injury. Um I think I, I, talking about the running backs, though, 
where does Lingard fit in? Who? So you've got five guys. Who are you taking carries away from to get him involved? All of them, man. What do you mean? He. They, I think we need somebody that could just take the like you know like could take it to the crib from anywhere. Uh, him and Bowman got that top end speed. They were just different. They moved different. We seen a clip of Bowman. Um, that was on the timeline, got everybody going crazy. Everybody's like, oh, it's third team. I don't care if it's eight team. Like, <laughs> I've seen him bounce outside. I haven't seen that type of, type of activity in a long time in our backfield, man. So uh, I think he could pass anybody. I think all those guys, if they get the, get the opportunity, they could they have the opportunity to break some big ones and change some things and get more carries. Um, will that happen? We'll see. Um, and then two – I guess programming notes, uh, Blades and uh, Sap didn't scrimmage. Um, they're still in the acclimation period, so they can't even be in full pads yet. Um, but also, they've been in the – they literally had one day of practice before the scrimmage. So, they're practicing, but they weren't able to scrimmage on Sunday night. And Florida will scrimmage again. Makes sense. And Florida will scrimmage again this Sunday. Well, and Elijah Blades hasn't played organized football in over a year. Um, he sat out last year due to COVID. Um you know, he, he pulled himself out of, of the season last year. So uh, I think Elijah Blades is going to take a little bit of time to get reacclimated. Not saying that he won't make an impact and that he won't play, you know, quite a bit and that he's not talented and hasn't been working out and, you know, practicing. But but I still think that there's going to be a little bit of time before Elijah Blades is, is truly at game speed again. Um, let's get into – oh, let me – let me. Silk, you brought up a, a point, Nick. You, you asked the question. Um, how do you guys think the running back room shakes out uh, before Alabama? Do you think that the first two games uh, you're going to see what you have out of the five? Do you think that Florida already knows what they have out of, you know, Pierce and Davis and Naquan that Bowman and Lingard might get some, some more time? How do you guys think that the first two games, assuming that Florida wins those games pretty easily, uh, shakes out? Okay, I'll go first. Uh, I I think um, I mean I think opportunity is gonna be there for everybody, but it's gonna be slim. So like I said, the guys like Bowman and Linger, when they get their opportunities, man, they're gonna have to make something happen. Um, so it's a crowded backfield. Uh, I know Dan's gonna try to give those older guys more carries. Um, that's just what it is. Um, especially Bowman because he's already warned us about Bowman. So. <laughs> <laughs> but Bobby also has an opportunity on special team if he's if he was turning kicks. That's an opportunity to earn playing time as well on the in, in the running back rotation if you're breaking big kick returns. So yeah. um, you just gotta show the staff and, and and the fans that you're explosive and you'll get more opportunities. I'm, I wanted you to go first. I'm really not sure how you do it. My I mean I've said it a bunch of times on here. I think it's the older guys that get that shot. Um, right. I think FAU might be a better football team than USF, but like if, if you get into a scenario where you're up 20, 30 against, against FAU and then those other guys, you know, Lingard or Bowman get an opportunity and then they start producing like, does, how, how does that go in terms of then how do the, how do the, the reps shake out by week three? Cause a bunch of people are going to play week one, a bunch are going to play week two. You're looking for your guys to play against Alabama. And, and I think, it, will you get enough opportunities for a Lingard or a Bowman um, I think Naquan Wright will get those opportunities. Yeah, I think they, they got enough opportunities to flash and do some things. Mm-hmm. They should be given. Like I, I want to see our young boys get opportunities, especially the guys that are explosive like like those boys. So I hope they get some young some opportunities. Also with Burke, I'm hearing some good things from Burke as well. So mm-hmm. any freshmen that are, like that are explosive in those first two games, USF, FAU, get those guys the ball and see what they could do. 
You said those said those yeah, names absolutely. with some disgust. What well, It's because he had to mention the 904. Um, so oh, you should be scared. <laughs> yeah, I'm let you back in the city after what you said, bro. Um, I, I am one to believe that I think that if Florida gets out to, to quick leads, uh, which I know that they haven't been like want to do in, in some of their games uh, over the past few years, but I do think that you see um, Pierce Wright um, more like first half guys. And I think that you see a lot of Davis Bowman and Lingard uh, in the second half of, of both of those games, maybe even a little bit earlier. And the reason I think that is, is because I think that Davis are part of uh, that, right. And Pierce are probably your one and two running backs right now that they're going to probably want to short out that, uh, that third wide receiver position, because I don't think that it's, I don't think that you can logically think that Florida is going to rotate through five running backs. And I think, I think that Florida needs to figure out who their top three guys are. I think that you're still going to see all five get the opportunity to play this season. Uh, but I think a bulk of those carries are going to be uh, with three guys. And, and I think that Florida needs to figure that out pretty quickly, who those three guys are going to be and go with them. Got to figure out how to get the ball into Marcus Bowman's hands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Offense, special teams, just got to figure it out. And I, and I think that the same could be said about Lorenzo Lingard, right? I mean, a five-star running back out of high school, dealt with some injuries, uh, is obviously an athletic beast and specimen, but, you know, he's fast, shifty, he's big. Uh, I think that you you have a lot of talent with him too, um, but definitely DeMarcus Bowman is a guy that you wanted so badly when he was in high school. You finally get a gift in your lap when he transfers to Florida. You've got to give him an opportunity. Which um all right. all right, go ahead. No, with me, gotcha. Um Nick, uh bro, break you got you lagging, bro. You gotta you get heard. together, Nick. I mean uh Dan. Yeah. Dan's got a Nick hamster too. running it running his internet. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I never have problems until this podcast. All right, so Nick, <laughs> break down a little bit about um it's the podcast. about the scrimmage from what you heard. Yeah, I mean I it, it's tough. So here so in football, you're going to have a winner and a loser every single play. For sure. Uh, and, and then when you're playing yourself, you've got a loser. So is, is it okay if, if the if the defense, you know, Jeremiah Moon gets three sacks in a scrimmage, hey, is that great? Because a, a guy that's been injured, um, finally getting back, did he have a great Nobody game? wins in the scrimmage. Or is the offensive line cheeks? And it's like, well, you, you don't know. Because then you might think the offensive line's bad. Right. Um, and then you get to the season and they're like, oh, okay, they were good. And then Jeremiah Moon was even better. Or you might think, hey, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Moon is great. And then you get into the season, you're like, oh, no, our offensive line was just terrible. Like, we don't have a good front seven. Mm-hmm. We just thought they were good because our offensive line is terrible. Um, so it's tough to, to kind of figure out. Dan Mullen was asked, you know, are there winners and losers? And he said, you know, it's coach speak to say we're still 0-0. And after he's finished next week, we'll be 0-0. Um, but I think when you when you start looking at, a, you know, a guy like a Jamarcus Weston getting involved and getting a touchdown, um, I think that's big. Anthony Richardson throwing for three touchdowns, I think that's big. Um, and then – it might sound corny, but I think just getting the younger players into the swamp and there's nobody there, but they try to play music and make it loud just to get them to get that feel. Because um, I think when you're a young player, especially if you're a young player, that's going to be counted on, you know, if you're a freshman, that's going to play. Um, you, you might tighten up that first time you run out of the tunnel and you, and you look and there's 80,000 people there versus FAU and the place is going crazy. And it's a whole different experience than, you know, running seven on sevens in the indoor practice facility. 
Word up. Yeah. I, um, all right. So let's let's dive in a little bit more. Um, and I'll I'll say this. Um, there's a lot of that I don't know about the scrimmage, but I know that there's a lot of things on the internet that are <laughs> not true. Uh, there's a lot of people on oh, Twitter. Like that, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you don't have to say names, but give me some info that's untrue. Why are you sound like that? Like you really yeah. snitch on somebody, Dan. Dan, yeah. it's not even dry snitching. Dan's here. Dan's like Takasha six nine. Like he is in court hair braided, ready to point, point, and name names. I, I will tell you a few things. I will tell you one. Emory Jones was not sacked seven times. I will well, tell you that. because he's wearing a non-contact jersey. Right. I will tell you that Emory Jones, nor a combination of Gator quarterbacks, did not throw seven interceptions yesterday. They did not throw six interceptions. Then they most certainly, by that math, also did not throw eight interceptions. I'm looking um, at my, my, my – my, uh insider notes and see if i see what you say <laughs> uh, your boy your boy caillou did get one yeah man i heard him and marshall uh are having really good camps man um, yeah i was told marshall had a pick avery helm as well it. avery helm had, had uh, dropped a pick um he's a guy like especially with Jaden hill like we, we we really slept on him like he was kind of like the guy that you would like the throw in name after you were talking about who's the other mm-hmm. corner um but he's gonna be a guy that's gonna play a ton now with, with Jaden hill out Avery Helmet is. I don't know if that was clear. Shout out to Avery Helmet. Shout out to his dad, a, a big listener to Stadium and Gale. Um, no, I really like Avery Helm. He's a guy that, you know, I th- think needed a little time at UF, but I think that this could be a chance for him. Um, I did hear that maybe Jason Marshall had a better day yesterday than Kyrie Elam, not putting him down, but saying that Jason Marshall uh, was the best defensive back at the University of Florida in the scrimmage on Sunday. Yeah, Abraham did start over uh, Marshall in the scrimmage, but I heard Marshall had a yeah. really good camp. Um, Elam had a real good uh, scrimmage. I heard three picks. What are you hearing, Dan? Am I? Am I? Is my guy lying? I I heard four. Um, but that that could be wrong. The person that I talked to said that they did not specifically count, but they do know that it was no more than four. Well, is that is that the offensive line was bad? Did the quarterback make a bad throw, or did the did the defensive back make a good play? Right. Yeah, we don't know, and we don't know like situations. I know like Dan likes to put uh, quarterbacks in situations where they can't run the ball, and yeah. you have to make throws. So like you got to take all that into consideration as well. Making him sit in the pocket, go through reads, isn't something he's normally going to do. But you put him in situations where you have to now, you know, just to make him sharper. Um, well, I did have a whole drive or a whole section of a scrimmage where. Emery or Anthony, who's ever in there, is told, hey, I don't care what happens, you're not leaving the pocket. And right. you're going to have to sit there and right. make a play. And that could lead you into forcing something that you normally wouldn't have, but you're trying to work on something and not – like, what are you getting out of Emery or Anthony taking off um, right. when you can't tackle them? Like, who, who's who's gaining from that? And now yeah. then, then the coaching part is to say after that play, like, hey, listen, I know you weren't allowed to run, but – in that situation, what'd you see? Cause I think you should have, you in a normal game, you should have taken off. So that's like the coaching point to that, but you're working on stuff in a scrimmage. Yeah. Nick, you make a really good point that the scrimmage, especially Dan Mullen's scrimmage from everything that I know from when I worked for urban Meyer to, to now is that his scrimmages are not full on games, yeah. right? They're not 60 minutes of 11 on 11 football. They're scrimmage, they're situational. Um, 
you know, like Nick said, there's opportunities where you have to, you know, throw to this certain player, you have to run this certain play um, and that you're going to run it until it's successful. And that throwing interceptions or making sacks or doing anything in a scrimmage situation is something that can be often overanalyzed without much context. Now I will say this, there could be a lot more context added if they let people watch, but um, I tried. I tried. I, I shot my shot, and Dan told me uh, it would be open for everyone in two weeks from Saturday. A defense is ahead of the offense, which is normal. Um, and to any fans that are freaking out, uh, the offensive lines have been shifted around a little bit, so it ain't the normal um, starting line. Um, we had a shift there. Yep. Um, we had a shift starting last Thursday, I think, last Wednesday or last Thursday from practice, where you have Kingsley at center. You have Josh right. Braun over at tackle. Yeah, I think Kingsley. Um, I think Kingsley's a guy that I. I kind of. I maybe. I, I mean, I don't. I don't write the depth chart, but I kind of buried on the depth chart. Um, but Dan Mullen was really high on his um, his mindset, and it wasn't coming here to you know just happy to be here. It was I'm. What can I do to be the starting center and, and kind of doing that? And, and you're trying to find the best. I mean, the best ten and, and center is probably harder to play. Um, than any of the other spots and interior spots because you have the snapping aspect um, along mm-hmm. with um, along with blocking and, and doing all that and you're pulling uh, kind of like the guards as well. So if that's well, you're guy, identifying you're yeah. identifying certain players and things of that nature too. You yeah, have more responsibility in that yep. center role. Yep. Um, so go ahead, go ahead. So I heard Kingsley had a real good day yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. He's probably the lone good spot at like as far as offensive line. Um, are we concerned about offensive line? I even I like the shift. I think we got yeah. three weeks to work on things. The first scrimmage. I think our front seven on defense is going to be a problem for anybody in the SEC, let alone ours that without offensive line. But are we concerned about offensive line? Yes. Who isn't? Yes. Dan Mullen said today that they have what seven players that they're comfortable with, which is not enough. Yeah. And no. I don't even know if they have seven. I can yeah. think of I can think of five. You want ten. Um, you want at least ten, so you can be too deep in every position. And that's not necessarily, you know, uh, if the left tackle gets hurt, the backup left tackle goes in. I think they'll be shifting and moving along along those lines. Um, but no, I don't think Florida's at ten, and I don't think they'll be at ten that they're super comfortable with. They might say that they've got ten. You know, I don't know when we're talking to John Hevesy. I think this week, but he might say they're comfortable with ten. But I don't think they're that that number yet. So we have the traditional five plus the, that we've talked about, right? Braun, Kingsley, Garage, um, Ethan White, mm-hmm. who else am I missing? Delance, Reese. Those are, are seven that we know play, right? Whether you feel comfortable with them or not, those are seven that you know Dan Mullen feels comfortable with. On top of that, you have Richie Leonard, who I know – Played a bit yesterday. I know that he's getting some work at guard and at center. Um, so that's potentially an eighth guy. I don't know if Florida can get to 10. My concern is like all these notes that I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of passing touchdowns, right? Uh, this person caught a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That person caught a touchdown. I'm not hearing any big runs or anything like that in the run game. And I think we got to have a run game for Emory or this, this offense this year to go. I don't think we can rely on Emory's arm. So um, that was a little – that threw me back uh, 
set me back a little bit when I was reading the notes of different message boards was I didn't see anything from the run game that got me excited. That was like, oh, we're going to be able to lean on some people this year. And that's going to have to change kind of fast. We can't rely on Emory's arm. I think I we think all saw the situation moment with the big run. That's yeah. like fourth team or something, though. No, 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 no. You already said you don't care if it's eighth team. Yeah, no, I like what he, I like his activity. I like his activity, but I'm concerned. We're concerned about our first team offensive line, sure. like the okay. fourth team. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I would say this without knowing the situation and knowing what Emory Jones is able to do. I think that Emory Jones being mobile is what helps open up the the run game. Right. Whether the threat of Emory Jones running the ball, uh, the threat of him throwing the ball, the that a team is always going to have to spy Emory Jones that may right. not be in a scrimmage. Right. Yeah, if you know that Emory Jones has to pass, then you're not going to spy Emory Jones. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's my line of thinking. Um, that that will will like when we're playing eleven on eleven, the run game will work itself out. But uh, I just that was one of the things I saw just from camp. Like it was a lot of passing touchdowns. And that's not how I envision this offense being um, that many passing touchdowns. Well, and here's the thing, too. When stuff is closed, um, everyone that's at scrimmage can just give us the narrative. And, and you know, I'm talking to people that are at that were in the stadium, and they can give me whatever narrative they want because I'm not there. I can't see it. So right now, Florida can push out whatever narrative they want. And if they that's want to see Emory Jones is throwing the ball, everyone there, video. Like, everyone, everyone there could be like, hey, when you talk to whoever tonight, Emory Jones was throwing the ball like Danny Warfel, and we couldn't run the ball. And that's, you know, if that's the news that they want to get out, it can get out. You see it, like, happen, like, in the NFL draft, and, and agents are talking to writers and all this stuff, and, and guys start moving and shifting. It's just, you know, people – sometimes we in the media get used as uh, – get used to get out a message that, that the school wants. And that's why I like being – That's a fact. I'm not trying to complain about not being or not getting access because – I have, a, I have a dope job. I get to watch football. Um, but, you know, when when the media is not there, when fans aren't there, the information that's coming out can be selectively chosen. Yeah, and I also think that uh, DeMar- or, uh, Jamarcus Weston had a big game uh, as well. That's an, a boy, name that, that we haven't yeah. talked a lot about. Uh, Dan Mullen was high on him last year, definitely high on him this year. That's a name that I've heard throughout the last – year you know since january i guess the last eight months um as a guy that in spring and in summer and in fall um has really made some strides so i think that when we've talked a lot about the wide receiver position we haven't talked a lot about jamarcus weston um we, because there's some other names. What do you mean? i'm not saying that you haven't so that's not what i'm saying right but saying? like what i'm saying is that <laughs> beyond just the names that we talk a lot about your copelands or shorters you know those guys that jamarcus weston i think is gonna have a big you know year for florida for i'm sure. not saying you didn't mention him no i'll just mess with you fam the um the <laughs> signing day press conference that we do every year i've taken to asking mullen who's the guy not heralded doesn't maybe doesn't have the stars um that doesn't get written about much or talked about much who's the guy that's going to be the one that impresses the most from, I guess, I guess surprises the most. And Jamarcus Weston was the guy he picked a couple of years ago. Um, you know, when, when he was, when he signed on national signing day. Um, yeah. Like I said before, he had a touchdown pass uh, or touchdown catch. Um, they've got guys, they got a lot of depth and, mm-hmm. and it might not be household names. Like you would probably have to be um, no disrespect to him, but you probably have to be like a diehard Gator fan to know Jamarcus right. Weston or to know Jaquavion Frazier's. Um, 
But I think they've I got think Weston would have been Weston would have been a way bigger recruit had he if he had really uh went into the process and, and went through Canada the process. And, and, yeah. like he didn't because he, he recruited didn't, to Florida early, right? Or committed to Florida real early, right? That's yeah, he shame, just didn't have the uh the time too. Like his family stuff he had going on with his family, he didn't really camp to like go up to rankings yeah. and compete and that type of stuff. So um, I thought if he if he had the ability to do that type of stuff, he would have been a, a higher four star recruit. But he just didn't yeah. camp and do that type of stuff over the summer. Um, but I think they like I'm saying they, they've got guys like those guys that I just mentioned. Obviously, the Copa and the, and the other guys that we, we've mentioned before, they've got a bunch of dudes. They have a lot of depth. We talk about running running back depth all the time. That receiver room's deep too. Yeah, and they're tall. They got a lot of length and they got a lot of yeah, like, Jacob, in that room. like Jacob Copeland's the short dude in in the room and he's not short. Weston is a dog. He's, he's listed at six foot, yeah. Weston is a dog. Weston's what six three? Frazier's yeah. is tall, Whittemore's tall, shorter's tall. A bunch of tall guys out there. Um anything else on the uh on the scrimmage? No, I just like the activity from the wide receivers. Uh Xavier Henderson, um, Weston. They're just guys that that's that's gonna be good weapons for Emory. Um, I don't think it's gonna be hard to go one on one versus us. So if you're putting your your, your D B one on one with these type of guys, I like myself. You know what I'm saying? Big body receivers that they got speed that can separate. Uh, so I'm just glad to see like the video, even if Weston that was a deep ball. It was a beautiful mm-hmm. ball. Seeing us scratch the field like that on clips. Um, the, the the pass from Emory Jones to, to Xavier Henderson that was on IG last week was beautiful. Yeah, um, dropped it into the sunroof. Um, so just seeing those deep balls like that from our quarterbacks now, wide receivers, the chemistry there. You know, what I'm saying I can't see all the plays, but I do like seeing the explosive ones on the highlights they're putting out. Yep, I'm hearing uh, pretty good things about Ethan White. Still, uh, still improving, getting better. Um, you know, a lot was talked about Ethan White and his body uh, change. You know since he's arrived at Florida, uh, there's still some kinks to work out. Uh, still not all the way there, but is making some strides. Uh, so I think that there's an opportunity, um, you know, for Ethan White to have a, a pretty good impact and be a multi-year starter for, for UF. Heard good things about Jeremiah Moon. Heard some really good things about the defensive tackles, uh, Newkirk and Valentino, as well as Gervon Dexter. Um, I'm hearing great things about Zach Carter. Yes, sir. And then I'm hearing some really good things about Ventral Miller's uh, step up in his leadership uh, more than anything, uh, really stepping up into that middle linebacker role. Um, and then you're starting to hear a little bit more about Tyron Hopper uh, on the field as well. And I know that that's a, a name that a lot of folks are talking about. And then finally, Mamou Diabate on impact uh, on, the, on, the, on the field as well. What do you got Diabate playing the mic? Where's he playing? Nick, you're on mute, bud. Hello. Uh, Hello. They got him at money, which is like their their weak side. Because if you if you look at them, they're really uh, Mike, which is Miller, and then Diabate right. would be next to him. That's their money, and then you'd have you know a Buck, which would be like Cox, Bogle, um, guys like that. So your starters right now, Diabate and Miller. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So Hopper fills in for Diabate. Yes. Yep. Who's behind uh, Miller? They got Wingo playing Mike. Yeah. Um, which I mean, like. I, I, w- I wasn't sure. So last year, last year he had to play kind of everywhere when, when guys started dropping like flies. Can we just get him at one spot. Like, he's that's what I'm saying. Like, especially when you always talk about it, and it's like a, like a coaching thing where it's like you don't want to put too much on a young guy's plate. And then you get a guy who basically just rushed the passer in high school, 
you come in, you're like, hey, we need you to learn the entire playbook for linebacker. And you're like, wait, that's that's a whole lot. He, like he put first and second servings on his plate. Like you should just let him get out for the quarterback. Um, right. but now maybe, you know, full year in it. And he's been playing there since like midway through towards the end of last season and then all through spring. Um, but I don't see Ventro Miller coming off the field unless he's tapping his helmet, you know, for, for a drink. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how everything kind of shakes out, but hearing some good things about the defense. Um, are you guys hearing, uh, Nick, I didn't ask, maybe you heard who's starting on the other side of uh, trading? Um, I think they're, I think, Shoot, where is it? I think it's. I think Mordecai McDaniel's going to get a look there. I think Trevez could have, but I think he might slide down. Um, it'll be that's interesting to me. I think there's going to be more of a rotation and, and kind of like when you went back. Uh, it must have been uh, who, start, who started at the star. Um, I don't know who started at star yesterday or Sunday. Hmm. I, I, it, that's another position that it depends on. Offensive personnel, personnel down in distance because you could have Dewan Black there. You could have. I just want to know who started in our scrimmage at the start. I'm just interested to know that. I'll find out. You know, I'll make a phone call. I should have did that before the show. That's bad podcasting. Um, <laughs> but I didn't think about it. But that's a question that's in my mind right now. Who started at the start? So we had him on the other side of Kyrie. I'm not mad at that. He had a good practice, but I like how, how Jason Marshall signed it. Uh, Rashad Torrance, I'm guessing, had to be the starter at safety beside. Uh, Dean. Mm-hmm. What do you think? No. I I, I go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I I am so confused on that second safety and that star position because I think that you have a lot of players. You know, you you mentioned Mordecai McDaniel. He's a guy that played more than I think that we talked about even on this show. He's a name that when we've talked about safety, we haven't talked about him very much. Uh, Trevez Johnson, Rashard Torrance, Kamar Wilcoxon, Dewan Black. You have a lot of folks, you know, that can play. You think Jadarius Perkins, you, you think of Elijah Blades. You have a lot of people that can play, you know, in those other two spots, not necessarily safety or star, but you have a lot of players that are going to fill out those homework. other two spots. It's got to be our homework to see the safety in that star position. Like, how's that working out? Like, the star rotation, who, who's the players in that? Um, that's the biggest question mark right now, probably on defense. Yeah, it's got to be. So let's let's do our homework, and we'll be back next week with some answers, or we'll bloviate again and we'll <laughs> come back the week after with some answers. Who knows? Um, anything else you guys want to talk about on the scrimmage or on Dan Mullen's press conference before we get into uh, our commitment that we got today? No, no, I don't think I anything else on the scrimmage. It's first scrimmage, man. It's too many deep takes on scrimmages, especially the first yeah. one. We do this every camp. Um, it's not my first rodeo. Dan Mullen is not going to put out a bad offense. Relax, calm down. You know, defense is supposed to be ahead of the offense. And be big boys, big girls. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's get into the Gators' commitment. They got a commitment today, uh, Monday, from EJ Lightsey, uh, six foot two, two hundred and ten pound linebacker from Fitzgerald High School in Fitzgerald, Georgia. He's a three star. Uh, two four seven has him on their composite as the forty fourth uh, ranked linebacker uh, in the country. Uh, the Gators are now ranked twenty fourth. Uh, and the recruiting rankings, and they may be getting another commitment tomorrow, uh, which I don't see that ranking bumping up. But your thoughts on EJ Lightsey before we uh, pull up his film for, for YouTube? 
We've got him at, uh, as a three-star, but I think um, I was talking to Corey Bender today. I think he's a guy that, um, you know, will will eventually get that four-star. Um, I mean, he's got an 18-minute highlight tape from a linebacker. So, like, that's, you know, he's making plays out there. Um, I think he's a stand-up inside backer um, who could get some reps, but great closing speed um, and, and, a, and a sure tackler. Wraps up. Um Kind of what just what you want to see from from a young linebacker. Yeah, um, man, you get the Jared Davis vibes, uh, Antonio Morrison vibes. Uh, somebody that could close fast, vicious, uh, sure tackler. Uh, everything you want in a linebacker, a guy that could shadow quarterbacks, these new age quarterbacks that are, are guys that are do a threat. He's a guy that can spy and, and chase down those type of do a threat quarterbacks. Man, um, a great get by Christian Robinson. Um, don't get caught up in the rank rankings. Um, so when the coaches do say they don't get caught up in the rankings, I see them get a guy like this, I believe him. Uh, I just think it's a great get. Kid can play some football, man. Yeah, I think I think the one probably area you would you would uh, you know tack against him would be I don't see uh, watching this video, watching his highlights. I haven't do don't see a lot of him in coverage. Oh, you'll um, see it. Keep watching towards the think, end. You'd think that he, you know, with his athleticism. You could probably be able to run with running backs, run with tight ends. Um, but he's sideline to sideline. I like I like the guys you mentioned with obviously Jared Davis and Antonio Morrison. Um just athletic, man. Like this is a high motor. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like that. You know, um, where do you guys think that he he fits in? Um he plays, I believe, defensive end and linebacker, kind of that buck position that Florida has. Um smaller, obviously at 210 Might pounds be. than um you know, than your traditional buck, but Silk, you just said buck. Um, or, I said uh, Mike. Mike, I'm sorry. Mike, Mike, you said Mike. Um, do you guys have him playing uh, middle linebacker outside? Um, Silk, I know your take, but but Nick, your thoughts? Michael. Michael Jackson. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, extremely talented kid, very quick, rangy, uh, good coverage, uh, wanted by a lot of schools. Um, his team is good. Uh, they were the number two I think they finished second in Georgia two A state championship. Um, so playing against you know decent talent, but but really showed out and showed up. Uh, Florida has wanted him for a while. He was camping at Friday Night Lights. Uh, he did well there. Uh, I know Florida is really excited about him. He's a guy that, despite the board, uh, is a guy that I know Florida really wanted. So I think that he's going to you know really shore out that room a little bit. And I think that Florida's really starting to develop some some depth there at linebacker. They've got a, a lot of young guys. Uh, so I think that you know, he's going to make an impact at, at Florida and you see him uh, in his highlight film. If you're watching here on YouTube, bro, able to chase fast, down, bro. yeah, able to, to run sideline to sideline runs down quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, um, you know, but there's a couple plays there, Nick, that, that you might've missed where he was, he was in coverage there. So um, I'm excited to see, excited to see him play. A highlight tape is normally like two and a half minutes. This, this is 18. And then on every one of them, it's a play too. Like he's chasing yeah. people down. It's like incredible stuff how he gets sideline to sideline. Uh, his commitment video is pretty dope. Um, uh, well thought out uh, in the community. The head coaches involved. Uh, the kids, a, a dog in the weight room as well. I, I tweeted a couple of videos of him in the weight room cleaning uh, 300 pounds and not even with good form. Uh, and he made it look fairly easy. And also squatting like 450. These kids are, are these are jits. Doing that type of weight, man. So explosive kid. Yeah, kid held uh, offers from 
Arkansas, Auburn, Georgia, LSU, Miami, Michigan, uh, you know, Tennessee, Virginia Tech. So, so a lot of big schools. Uh, Florida ends up going into to Georgia, pulling out a what I think is going to be a really good player. Nick Nick mentioned it. Um, I've talked to some other uh, recruiting guys, and, and they think that EJ Lightsey is a a very likely four star on not just rivals, but on two four seven uh, as well. So, um, you know, Florida gets a good one. Um, not to be, um, we can, I guess we'll talk a little bit about it because it's it's already out there. Uh, Florida's expected to. Uh, to be involved in the recruitment and potentially commitment of, of David Connor, offensive tackle out of uh, Deerfield beach uh, tomorrow. So, so be on the lookout uh, potentially uh, for that uh, as well. A guy that Florida got in uh, relatively late for, but uh, stands in a pretty good position. All right. So before we get into some buy or sell, you guys have any other topics that you want to bring up um, or else we'll get into uh, to buy or sell. Well, um, and maybe, maybe I'm my ignorance will show here, but that's a big get too. You're getting a kid that Georgia was recruiting from the state of Georgia. So we've talked yep. a bunch about winning those battles and you've got to not win battles against, you know, FSU and, and UCF win battles against Alabama, win battles against Georgia. So good get like, like, like Silk said, good get for C Rob. Perfect. Perfect. Well, let's get into our buy and sell segment. Uh, as always, sponsored by our friends over at Prize Picks. Visit prizepicks.com. Use promo code SG. Uh, sign up, get your opportunities to do some parlays, do some fantasy uh, things if you're into that world. The match dollar for dollar up to $100. So uh, visit prizepicks.com. Use promo code SG and get a dollar for dollar match all the way up to $100. All right, boys, as we started last week, we put these on the timeline to allow uh, our Twitter fans, our Twitter followers, pardon me, to uh, to vote. Uh, first question, buy or sell, Kyer Elam gets four and a half or more interceptions on the season. So? Uh, Siri, play, uh, make it rain. <laughs> Uh, I'm selling. I just don't think that the opportunity is going to be there. I, I don't think he gets thrown at that often. Um, you look at like, what did Joe Hayden have like his junior year? Like you, you they stopped going at you, you know, at, at, at a certain point. So I just don't think the opportunity is going to be there. He's uh, for that. So um, I'll sell at like four. Joe Hayden had four interceptions uh, in 2009. Bet. So I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna buy. Um, normally I would sell, uh, but I think that Florida is going to have a pretty good uh, pass, pass rush. rush. Yep. I think that they're going to get to the quarterback. I think they're going to force some throws. Uh, and I think that no matter who's on the field, you know, Florida's got, you know, some, some solid, and this is, I guess this is my line of thinking is that if they put Kyer Elam on an Island, they're going to probably shadow with one of the quarterbacks with Jason Marshall or uh, Avery Helm or who's ever playing the other defensive back position. I think that you might get a lot of double coverages there. I think that they might think that they can beat Kyer Elam one-on-one. -on -one. I think that you get five interceptions a season for Kyer Elam. Two pick our, sixes. Our followers, <laughs> two pick sixes, Ben. And write that down. Silk's got to cash up at the end of the season. So um, our Twitter follows 52.8% buy, 47.2% sell. It's the closest we've ever had. So uh, right on the cusp there. All right. Next buy sell. Jacob Copeland gets drafted. If he leads to the NFL next year in the top two rounds, buy 
or sell. I don't want no problem, so I'm going to buy it. Yeah, we'll go ahead and buy that. Siri, stop playing Make It Rain. <laughs> That's on you, bro. I'm going to sell that one. For some reason, you blocked me on Twitter. I don't Make, know. So, every, everybody's blocked. Across. That's yeah, on, you. It's on you, bro. Yeah, yeah. Made I'm, already, here, I'm, already, I'm already blocked by him for, for whatever reason. I don't know why. He's slid me. Me neither. Never mind, but, never mind. You know. Um, all right. So, um, We'll just move on to that one. We got uh, a buy-buy <laughs> sell from Silk and Nick, and then Dan sells uh, 62.3% buy, sell is 37.7. So um, I guess he's got a lot of those folks blocked and trying to earn their uh, their favor back. All right. Um, the buy or sell, you know, here's an interesting question. We talked a little bit about COVID. Uh, we talked a little bit about tailgating. We talked a little bit about rising cases of COVID. Um Buy or sell, and it's the FAU game, and it's hot. Um, buy or sell, Florida has greater than 75% attendance in game one. Buy or sell. So, what, it's 85, 548 is like the official? I believe so, yeah. Even 88, though they somehow, 548. Yeah, yeah, 88, somehow they magically get like 90 and 91,000. So so well, I mean, back in the day, like when we were in college, like they would squeeze them in there, and it was like, it wasn't even shoulder to shoulder. It was like shoulders overlapping shoulders in the student section. Yeah, nuts um, to butts. To watch those games. That were not on scooters. That's uh, reckless. That's um, a wild bar right there. <laughs> um, so that would be like 76,000. 75% would be 66,411. I'm going to buy. I think you'll. And then also, are we talking about, you know, are we taking a head count or are we going to take what UF says is there uh, as the paid attendance, which have uh, wildly. Uh, been different numbers for the people who show up versus the people who paid to be there. Yeah, I don't. I didn't think that far into it. Um, <laughs> I think that we just go with what's announced. Yeah, if we're going with what you have announced is buy. It's going to be with, more than sixty six. They're not letting. They might be sold out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one hundred forty thousand. Watch the Gators beat FAU on September fourth. With, with the caveat that our eyeballs. Now we'll do eyeballs. That's what we'll do. Well, no, Screw not. the official numbers, you know. Now you're making now you're making it more difficult. We're gonna do eyeballs in the beginning of the first quarter, Nick. Okay. <laughs> um, the I'll, students. Still, I'll still go by. I think 66. I mean, here's the thing. Um, not to get like too yeah, into COVID. If if you want to go to the game and, and you feel safe doing it, cool, go. I, I'm sure there's a ton of people that haven't been able to go to a game in over a year. Yeah. that will either are vaccinated or don't care and they're going to go. They're going to be there. And if, if you can have full attendance, I think there's a, bo- a bunch of people that will go. If you don't feel safe being in a, in a big crowd and you don't want to go, the beer's cheaper in, from your refrigerator and, and the AC and the TV is, is a nice seat too. But I think 66,000 will get more than that. All so right. buy. So yeah, I'm buying it. People are ready to see, you know, football game. You know, a lot of people excited to see it. I don't see them changing the rules last minute or anything like that before game one. I think they're kind of locked into what they're gonna do. So I'm buying it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy as well. I'm gonna buy because Harrison said in our group chat that he talked to his friends at FAU and they're all going. So um, I, I I like to think <laughs> that, that he has more than sixty six thousand friends. So I'm gonna buy that as well. Um, all right, uh, two they more. Need, they need to go watch the the YouTube video if he does. Uh, 74.7. So just a hair under that 75% number bought, uh, 25.3% sell. All right. Uh, buy or sell. Actually, I lied. This is the closest we've ever had. Uh, 
1.5 or more, obviously, uh, five-star commitments. What we that now? 22 class. A, a, a whopping zero. Yeah. Um, Come on, don't do I'm it. A, I'm a, yeah, I got to get frugal. No. No. We got to get frugal. No, say the words. Yeah, I'm selling it. Oh, what a heartbreak. What a heartbreak. Nick, I'm, 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 I'm selling. Listen, I'm, yeah, I'm as sure. frugal as they've come. I bought twice today, so I might not have any cash left. I'm selling that one. Nick's got to head to the ATM before the next podcast. I'm yeah. going to sell two. I think that they get one. I think that they get Evan Stewart. Um, I think that, you know, he's now a five-star on Rivals, so shout out to him. Uh, but I think that the Gators get him and, and him alone. I think that Walter Nolan uh, is going to go elsewhere. I think that whoever Florida is involved in with five stars is like, rapidly diminishing. So I think that they get one. Buy or sell, they get one. I think I, I like where we stand with Evan Stewart. Right now, but I mean, Bama turn it up and decide they like him a lot. Uh, and the way they do what they do with wide receivers, who knows? But I like his relationship with Nick Evers for sure. Nick Nick Evers will get the recruiter of the year award <laughs> if, if Evan Stewart comes soon. Come so, Nick, buy or sell Florida has one five star. Uh, I'll buy that. Uh, so Nick all of a sudden has money again. He ran to the ATM real quick. Uh, Cam Cam shot me alone. I got a Venmo notification. I can see it. I can see it. All right, boys. Last question. Let's pick one. What do you think? You have to pick one or the other. What do you think is more likely? That Florida has a thousand yard rusher, so one individual rush for a thousand yards, or multiple players with multiple interceptions? Multiple players with multiple interceptions. Yeah, I think that's an easy one. Multiple players, multiple interceptions. We got seven million running backs, Daniel. Just, just trying to create content here. Who do you guys think? Remember, that, we almost fired Knox. <laughs> now we got two men. <laughs> Knox, Knox was catching fades for a while on the timeline, and now and then Knox, he, he's got two five stars in his backfield. You know, there you go. He's got a couple four stars, a couple five stars. So um, deepest position on the entire team. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, look at him. He's just doing his thizzle. He shot the Knox, man. Shout out to Greg Knox. All right, boys. Uh, with that being said, um, I think that your answer is definitely going to be Kyer Elam as one. Who do you guys think is another player that might have multiple interceptions this season? I think Trey Dean's a guy that can. Okay. Um, and you have to pick one other person. So Trey Dean's your guy. And uh, Avery Helms a guy. Jason Marshall's a guy. I think there's a lot of dudes back there. Of course he names like five guys. Right? Nick names the entire team. He's like, see, I told you. If we're talking <laughs> as highly as we are about the front seven, nothing makes a defensive backfield better than That's a good That's not the point, rush. Nick. That's <laughs> not the point. Listen, we've been doing this a while. I'm playing every side of the fence. That I can't. <laughs> I see you like the wide. You're angling. You're, ang- yeah, you're angling. You just named the whole secondary. Just put me on a on a gif of a fisherman. I'm just throwing it out. We're we're planting seeds, and we're gonna see what grows in the fall. Dan's like name a guy. He names the whole depth chart. The entire the entire. He just doesn't know how to listen to instruction. <laughs> when he no. does when he does listen, he talks out of both sides of his mouth. When he doesn't listen, he just <laughs> names every available option. Whatever works, baby. Nick, Nick's been Nick's been a, a media guy for too long. You know, he's just covering himself. Hey, the fans are on to your shenanigans, Nick. That's a fact. Like they 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 see what you got going on with your uh, hypocrisy. Uh, I don't know that I would call it hypocrisy. I just call it you know checking checking all the bases, checking all the box. We're good. <laughs> We're good. Uh, yeah, I like us for multiple. Uh, Trey Dean's a good name. Um, I already named him. You gotta go outside the ones I named. Yeah, for sure. I said that's a good name. I like. I like. I like. Still stuck name. with Gervon Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> one I didn't name. 
No, this is a uh, Jason Marshall fan account, man. So mm-hmm. uh, give me the young boy. I like him for like three or four this year. Ooh, that's uh, you're talking like freshman American numbers. Yeah, we jumping routes, man. South Florida stuff going on, man. You get yeah. a South Florida DP in the building, man. You know they got to do what they got to do. Um, I, I like him for for several interceptions in that starting role. Um, real soon, I like him as well. But she's copying me now. Hmm. I'm gonna go with. Uh... I almost named one more guy, but that's I want to. The fans are on to me, and then you go and you name a couple. Here, how about this? I'll I'll, I'll go with it. I'm gonna say that uh, multiple players, obviously, but the one name that you guys didn't mention is Dewan Black. I think that he gets a couple. Um, you know, this season as well. I think that he's a, a ball hawk. He's going to, you know, he'll, he'll have some interesting interceptions this year. I think to count, count me in for Dewan Black getting a one real interception, then a, a fluky one where maybe he makes a, a tip pass and isn't able to pull one down. Um, so I think Dewan Black's another guy that, uh, that might get multiple interceptions this year. That's going out on a limb. I like that one. That's a different name. You know, you, you've got to put yourself out there. Like last year when I said that Stuart Reese was going to be your offensive MVP. Um, sometimes you're right, well sometimes you. you're wrong. It did not turn out well for me. did not turn out well. But now Nick's here to provide the bad take. So my position has been eliminated. Uh, Nick has assumed that role. So He's a five-star edit. He sure is. It was, in fact, shout-out to Adam Lewis. Uh, he said uh, in a tweet today, uh, he was wondering how long Nick's segment on his bad takes was going to be today. So, um, unfortunately, Adam, not yet, but I'm sure we'll get there here shortly. You got to get Nick room to work. You just got to give him, like, space to talk and you know, do the rest. Hey, I got to stop talking. <laughs> All right. So, problem um, on an audio podcast. I got to stop yeah. talking. Yeah. All right. So, get the uh, Manscaped ad read, and then we got a bunch of Gator news, NFL news, that kind of stuff. So. Shout out to the great folks at manscaped.com. The lawnmower 4.0 is your best friend this time of the year. Also, that ball deodorant. Keep them balls smooth and keep them cool. Manscaped.com. Be sure to use coupon code SG for 20% off and free shipping. Dan, my package may need a package. Who do I holler at Manscaped? I'll get you his name. I, I appreciate it. His name's not Ralph, is it? Or Andy from Hong Kong. Uh, no, his name's not Andy from Hong Kong. His right. name is Dominic. Shout out to Dominic, man. Uh, I ran, I lost my charger piece. So I got, I got, I think I left it in a hotel. So I got my clippers, but I left the hotel. So I'm still running on a fresh battery. I left with a full charge, but by the time it dies, um, I'm going to need some back. I don't want to use regular clippers. I need the skin safe technology. So. Um, holla Dominique <laughs> you gotcha I gotcha man um, shout out to uh, to Dominic and our friends over at Manscaped um, forgot to, to mention this last week and, and I um, hey, this is on me this is this is a, a, a burden that I'll have to carry um, shout out to Coral Springs High School legend absolute pitching legend David Kopp who uh, has joined the University of Florida baseball uh, coaching staff as a, uh, as a pitching coach and as a volunteer coach uh, David Kopp and I uh, friends in high school, really good dude. So um, he went to Clemson. He pitched for Clemson when they went to the uh, College World Series back in 06, I believe. Um, but he had a, a career with the Detroit Tigers and the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, came over to Florida from FAU where he was an assistant coach uh, with them. So uh, shout out to David Kopp uh, for joining the staff, uh, a Coral Springs High School legend uh, like myself. Um, Who's the greatest of all time? You or him? Coral Springs GOAT. 
uh, Steve Hutchinson, NFL Hall of Famer. Steve Hutchinson is probably the GOAT. Um, I'll say that David Kopp does beat me. Um, oh, okay. So you're third? In this category. Um, somewhere between third and – you know what? I'm going to pull in a mod black and say I'm third <laughs> of all time. Third of all time. Um, is your jersey going up in the rafters soon? No. No, um, it's more of a more of a silent third than a. I you know I just don't like my um, my name just you know, being thrown. I want other people to get that honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel um, so humble. Feel that, yeah, that he, he, he handed the ball to the ref. Humble Dan. Yeah, I feel him. Big Barry Sanders vibes. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, shout out and congratulations to former Gator safety, Josh Evans, uh, former Jacksonville Jaguar played for a couple other teams. Um, he has announced his retirement. So congratulations on a, uh, a good NFL career to Josh Evans, uh, in NFL news. I've got a bunch. Miguel alum, right? He's been Miguel on here. Alum, yeah. Um, in NFL news, going to go through a bunch here. Eddie Pinheiro, uh, had the game winning kick for the Colts. Uh, with just a couple of seconds left uh, in the game. Um, he's the backup kicker to former Georgia kicker, Rodrigo Blankenship. Um, don't know if he makes this roster, but definitely an opportunity uh, to uh, cement himself, maybe an opportunity with another team. Uh, so congratulations to Eddie. LaMichael P. Ryan, uh, Nick, your boy, had 30 uh, rushing yards and a touchdown uh, in the Jets game uh, on Saturday. Uh, Kyle Trask makes his debut. Did you guys watch? Uh, Kyle Trask play? 100. I had yeah. to. For sure. He had the biggest ovation, I believe. Um, I was at a bar uh, here in downtown Tampa called Hattricks. Uh, the bar was was pumped when he got in. Seems like the fans were were super excited when he got in. He goes 4-15 for 35 yards passing. He did have a two-point conversion um, success. Um, but uh, beautiful, I mean, just a beautiful pass, uh, rolled out, just beautiful touch right over the uh, the linebacker's hands uh, for that two-point conversion catch by the tight end. Um, had a couple of missed uh, drop balls, uh, looked looked pretty good uh, playing, you know, with a lot of third and fourth string guys, uh, but I thought looked, you know, looked pretty good. What did you guys think? Bruce Arians hyped him up too. Yeah, I thought he played well. He had some drops. Um, he's just in a great situation. Even on the two-point conversion, you got to see uh, Kyle do what they do, good ball placement, even with somebody draped all over him. So um, just happy for the kid, man. Dope stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Tyree Cleveland had a rushing attempt for six yards. Jordan Scarlett for the Dolphins uh, had a rushing attempt for eight yards. Uh, Jonathan Grenard for the Houston Texans had a strip sack of Green Bay's backup quarterback, Jordan Love. Vernon Hargrave started. Uh, he had two tackles. Um, Teradel Slayton uh, also played against uh, in that game as well, um, and he looked pretty good. I think that he's going to be a guy that has a, a pretty long NFL career for um, sure. uh, as T.J. Slayton. Chauncey Gardner uh, recorded a, a tackle. Um, and then Brian Poole had two tackles uh, in the New Orleans um, Saints uh, Baltimore Ravens game. By the way, there were, did you guys see the the clip that went around um, social media today? Uh, it was one of the guys from the Saints. I don't remember who it was asking who one player on the team was that you wouldn't late date your daughter, and every single person said Chauncey Gardner, including Chauncey Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> Chauncey, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> self awareness. Yeah. That's yeah. 
That, he's he's grown some self awareness since uh, since he's been at Florida. If, it, if that was his answer, that's right. Um, Demarcus Robinson, uh, he played. He he only had four snaps uh, in the game. Uh, but your boy in Stadium and Gale, uh, alum Tommy Townsend, uh, had seven punts for three hundred forty four yards, four of which. Um, he landed inside the 20, uh, so he is uh, still punting like Boom. a madman. Uh, Stone Forsyth and uh, Freddie Swain played for the Seahawks. I think Stone actually started. Um, he did have a missed block um, in the game, um, and then I know Freddie Swain also had uh, three catches for, I believe, 30 yards. So uh, lots of NFL action, obviously, in week one, and, and it seemed like, especially in this week, uh, a lot of former uh, starters and things of that nature weren't playing, and if they did, they played very sparingly. Uh, so that's why you don't have to see a, a ton of stats, but a lot of Gators on NFL rosters making impacts, um, you know, so so stay tuned. And, you know, I think you see a lot of Gators in the league uh, making a, a big impact this season. So, shout out to Stone. Is he playing right or left? Uh, I believe he's. Pl- I believe he played left tackle okay. uh, in the game, um, and I don't think that that was because. And no offense to Stone, I don't think he necessarily earned it. I do think that a, a couple of uh, their offensive linemen are either hurt or uh, were not playing uh, in the game. Gotcha. So uh, I guess with that being said, I think that that brings us to, to the end of the show. Um, Nick, so always a, a great time hanging out with you boys. Big pleasure. Big pleasure. Nick, I look forward to seeing you next week with, uh, with some more hot takes. Um, and just for everybody that, that's still listening, uh, we know that you guys are, are clamoring for some guests. And trust me, we are working on some of that uh, for our content calendar for uh, the football season. So a lot of big names, a lot of big guests, a lot of familiar names and a lot of new names uh, we'll be talking on and bringing on to the show. Uh, be on the lookout for that. Also, uh, Harrison uh, is on campus at UF now. He's going to be doing a lot of new content. Connor's going to be pumping out a lot of new content. He's our new editor-in-chief, so he's going to be bringing on some writers. So if you're interested in writing, if you're interested in podcasting, if you're interested in doing any video uh, interviews, reach out to myself, uh, Silk or Nick or or Connor or anybody on the team here. We'll point you in the right direction. We are looking for content creators. Stadium and Gale is not just the three of us. It is an ecosystem of of creation, um, and we want you guys to be a part of it. So uh, reach out to any one of us. Uh, but there's a lot of great content that's going to be out there, and we're going to be uh, changing the uh, changing the game. So, with that being said, we'll see you boys next week. Who's got the song? Oh, I got the I got the song. So if you're on mute, my friend, but I got the song. Um, we're going to go. Oh. We're going to go. What's oh. up? Uh, Stadiumandgale.com backslash shop. Got a bunch yes. of new uh, designs, logos, shirts, a um, bunch of new stuff in there. Check it out. And uh, there's we got some more stuff coming down the line there too. Yeah, there's a lot of new stuff, uh, new Stadium and Gale uh, script uh, font. Uh, there's the the new uh, Workham Silly Gators kind of mock up. There's a uh, the new street corner signs as well. Um, if you see 
uh, a logo or a design that you really like um, and you don't see it offered on there in a specific article of clothing, uh, whether it be kid sizes, uh, female, uh, whether you want it on a notebook or whatever, just reach out to us. Let us know. We have probably 500 different options in terms of merch that we can do uh, from colors to sizes to schemes to, to really anything that you want. So feel free to reach out in our DMs uh, as well. So a lot of new merch, a lot of things coming up. Um, we're creating, creating right now. So this is, this is where we get in our bag and, and we're going to, we're going to be elevating this podcast game. So what I want to do is, uh, next week, I don't know in what fashion we'll figure it out exactly, but I want to cover the league. I want to talk yeah. about like our opponents and in, in, in around the league and, and takes and games, week one matchups, all of that type of stuff. So let's get into that bag a little bit. Absolutely. So we're going to do that. We're going to be doing a Patreon uh, call-in show. Uh, so check us out, patreon.com slash stadium and Gale. Um, we will be doing call-in shows throughout the season as well. Um, they will both be tied into the regular show as well as separate shows. Uh, we want to hear from you. Um, the way to do that is get on to patreon.com slash stadium and Gale um, for as little as $2 a month. So, um, so again, patreon.com merchandise, uh, check out the statement Gale, uh, website. That's where Connor's blog and everybody else's writing is going to be. So a lot of content, a lot of stuff that we're pushing out there. If you have any ideas or you want to be a part of that, like I said, feel free to reach out to us. So, um, outside of that, I think it's my song of the week, Nick, you had it last week, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. Last week. So let's go, let's go country. Ooh, back to back of- weeks of country. So that's right. So, hey man, I'm, expand. So it's here for it. You know, the demographic for it. That's right. So I don't normally um, listen always to this type of country music, but he put out a really good album, um, and he sings my favorite country music song of all time. So Chris Young, uh, he has a new song with uh, Mitchell Tenpenny called "At the End of a Bar." Uh, so uh, Cam, take us out. We'll see you boys at the same corner, same time next week. You can find your future running to your past You can look for answers at the bottom of a glass You can make a best friend never know the name Bottom shines of tequila then forget why you came There's a million things that you can't find Tender conversation or a pair of blue eyes, yeah Your true love or an ex-broken heart Maybe a Barbie crowd on a Friday night Long necks, long lines and neon signs Hell, sometimes that's where it all starts At the end of a bar You can hear a cover band Playing nine songs I'm a brand new man To time marches on Time marches on There's a million things That you can't find Bartender conversation Or a pair of blue eyes Yeah
conversation or a pair of blue eyes Yeah, your true love on a broken heart Maybe a party crowd on Friday the bottom of a glass